Welcome to American Influencer Real Talk. I'm Christopher Crellin, CEO of the American Influencer Association. We're excited to have Joey Sasso, winner of Netflix's hit social media experiment, The Circle. Joey talks about his time on the show and shares how The Circle propelled him to help and encourage others through social media. We also speak with television producer Lisa Freeberg on working with Joey and other influencers. And now, here's your host, Josh Skinner. Hi, it's Josh Skinner, and welcome to this week's episode of American Influencer Real Talk. I have one of my favorite people of all time on Netflix. It's Joey Sasso from The Circle. Joey, how are you? What's up, buddy? How you doing? Good. Um, I've been hiding in my fanboy since we've been talking for about 45 minutes. I have to tell you, before we move forward, I watched your entire season in one night. G- oh, so you like binged it, binged it. <laughs> I binged it, binged it. So at 6 a.m., I watched the the you know, the outcome. Yeah. So I don't want to spoil it for our, our listeners, but holy crap, what an adventure you put me through. I never expected any of it. Swear to God, I didn't expect any of it. In my mind, I was like, I'm going overseas to the UK to shoot a thing for a month. Like, this will be dope. I don't have to bartend because I used to work like six, seven days a week. I'm like, this will just be great. I'll like never go far in this game. Nothing will ever happen. And holy shit, was I wrong about every single thing. You literally were forced to become an influencer. That's why you're perfect for this show. Yeah. Uh, So welcome to the influencing world. Thank you. How has it been so far? It's been shitty, man. I got to tell you, like, I one thing I was I was talking to someone today about this. No one tells you like when you're preparing for your show to come out and everyone's telling you, like, get ready for this is going to be crazy. No one prepares you that like a new part of your career needs to be social media. Like, you know, it's such a part of the zeitgeist today Mm. of everyone has social accounts on every different thing. But to the extent of like, no, like this is now your career. This is the shit you need to do where I'm sitting here like, dog, I'm trapped in the seventies. Like truly, I'm just sitting in my apartment, spinning vinyl, playing my guitar, watching flicks that like I'm into. Like, I'm not sitting at home thinking of how to do a TikTok dance or do shit like that. Like, that's just not my thing. So I think had someone have told me a year ago, look at this is going to come out and blow up and change your life, which everyone told me. I just didn't believe that. I was like, this, like I truly thought I was doing the biggest flop in Netflix history. And I would say that to everyone because like when you're sitting there filming it, think about it. Nothing's happening. Like I don't watch a lot of reality TV, but what do you used to see? People fighting, having sex, hooking up. We're sitting alone in an apartment talking to a fucking TV. I was like, this is going to be the biggest flop Netflix has ever done. This is going to kill my career. I was so like, just, I was like, oh God, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. I was so wrong in every single way. They killed it. The reason people loved the show was because it was people just being good people and having fun. And I didn't understand that until I watched it back along with like the rest of the world and to get messages from people all over. Like I'll, I'll be on Instagram live. He'll be like Africa checking in, Dubai checking in. I'm like, what the fuck? This is crazy. So it just, it blew my mind, man, how much it, it changed overnight. But I wish someone could have told me like, you got to start embracing every single thing you've always hated, which has been social media. Like that's the irony of the show is, uh, you know, I had my best friend, Nick, tell me, I know you're going to win this show and it's going to change your life. And I said, how the, how the fuck did you know? Like, he's the only person who knew besides my mother and father after the show. I'm like, how the hell did you know? He's like, dog, you've been out here 10 years. You're the hardest worker I know. You fucking hate reality TV and you hate social media. It only makes sense. You're going to get a break on a show that's literally about everything you hate. And that's going to be the realm you're introduced to the world. And I'm like, shit, like, 
you called it. So I've had to quickly overnight try to learn all this shit. And some of it I've done successfully, some of it not so successfully, but it's definitely been a journey. Two questions. Number one, what was it like watching it? And what did you think of the editing? The editing was dope. I could say that was the thing I was most surprised by because I was like, how are we going to make this a show? Like, because it it's so weird to think about, like, watching it back, it was just mainly to see what everyone else was up to because you do get fucking nutty locked away. And that, like, towards the end of it, I swear to God, I remember talking to my producer and I, I was like, wait a minute. They keep saying the show is a social experiment. What if none of these people are fucking real. Oh, what no. if I'm the only one here right now? And it's like, you know, like like looking at the mice and the freaking the thing on the wheel. And I'm like, what if like that's the twist is the entire time? Like, and I'm just a movie dude. So like, of course my mind goes like the most extreme shit. So thankfully everyone was fucking real. And you know, every, like there were some people who were catfishes and whatnot, but truly in the end, I was like in a dark place where I was like, no one's real. They're fucking fooling me. I'm just sitting here by myself. So watching it back and seeing what everyone else was up to was dope. But I've had people ask me, like, is it weird to to watch yourself? And I'm like, not at all, because I've had so many years now of being on camera and having like I remember when I first started acting and I was like, God, why do I look like that? And why does my voice sound like that? Where now I'm just so desensitized to it where it's like, eh, it's just me. Whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I, if there's something I've taken from this show, like there was a few times like I'm like, yeah, my skin's on fucking point today. Like I look good here. That was a great hair day. No wonder I was feeling great. But besides that, I'm just like, I'm an idiot at all points in time. Well, let's touch upon that for a quick second, because a lot of our listeners love the, the beauty influencers in the beauty world. Any uh, skin tips really quick that you like? I mean, here's the thing. (laughs) Everyone always asks me, like, what's your routine? What advice (laughs) do you have? Everyone's skin is different. And if I were to start telling people what I do, you'd be very fucking overwhelmed because I have different days for different shit. I drink a gallon of water every single day. So this way I clear out my system. I'm terrified of kidney stones. I never want that. But also keeps your skin hydrated at all points in time. I would say take your ass to a Kiehl's or take your ass to a place where there's like a beautician type person on the spot and say, look it. I'm a newbie. I'm a virgin to this world. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I need help. And they'll help you get a routine started. I didn't know what I was doing like years and years ago. I knew I had to start taking care of myself because I had always taken care of myself. But like, I was like, yo, I got to start actually doing skin and doing this stuff. Once you start doing it, you get so fucking addicted. Like I got my one boy, Corey Benedetto, came out and stayed with me about three years ago. He was ripping on me to no end. And me and his girlfriend were vibing about all the products we love. I ended up getting hammered with him, and I'm like, yo, I'm doing your skin. I'm doing your skin. He came back, and he was fighting me the whole time. And afterwards, he's like, I look fucking beautiful. I'm like, yes, you do. You look great. So once you do it, you're actually going to see those results, and you're going to be all about it. <laughs> That's the clip I want to use for the audiogram. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, Joey, this is a great interview. Uh, so tell me about working with the people, uh, or I mean, you weren't really working with them. How about meeting your your housemates what, how, what would we call i don't them? even know what you call your neighbors them. friends contestants your, na- uh, your neighborhood i will i will always say that that first moment we met each other for that round table was like honestly one of the best days of my life but there were so many things like you know of course the audience will never see is like we knew that day early in the day that we were going to meet each other and when we were signed up for the show they told you to bring a bunch of different shit. So that's why main reason I was hoping to not get blocked wasn't even for the money. It was just like, 
we spent so many months submitting pictures, submitting this, submitting that. Like, I just want everything. And one of the things I specifically brought was a three-piece suit. And I was going to fucking break it out before for the party night. And then that day when I found out we were meeting each other and I knew I made it like to like the finals, my producer was like, aren't you happy you saved that suit? I'm like, I'm so fucking happy. You have no idea. I've been waiting months to wear this thing. And then that day we were waiting and there must have been mad like problems like setting up. So we had to wait like 12, 13 hours to get to that final table meeting. And I remember I I was the last one to get in there. So it was like all day of anticipation. So by that time that it finally came and we were allowed to go into the room and and see each other for the first time. I was just like, I don't care who's real. I don't care who's fake. I just can't wait to meet all these people and give them a hug and a kiss and be like, yo, like we did this shit. This is so dope. So it was, it was such a special day, man. It was very special. Well, I thought it was going to be special. So right before this interview, I reached out to Shuby. Did you? I did. Shoe bomb. Shooby shoes. And I said, listen, I want to, if you have something inspirational, I should say, or something that he's taught you. And he's like, oh man, I got it. Just look into his eyes and say, Jin Dog. Oh, no, Jin Dan. Jin Dan. Jin Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I teach him all my all my Italian things and he'll be like, he'll be like, uh, he'll be like, Jay Sass, let me get a Jin Dan shot. And I'm like, Shuby, it's not a Jin Dan shot. It's a it's a like a salute. It's a thing you say. He doesn't understand that, what, but like, you let, know. Let me spell it the way he uh, sent it to me. Oh God. J-I-N. D A W D. Oh God! So that's Shubi. how I pronounced it. Yeah, Shubes. I thought it was Indian, actually. Yeah, Shubes, I love you, buddy. But this is why I need to get back to LA so I can teach you things the proper way again, buddy. God, Shuby, you're leaving me hanging. I love Shubes. I love that. I honestly kid. thought I didn't know it was Italian. Yeah, I love that kid. That makes it even funnier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I teach him. I teach him all the all the things. And uh, I remember he came over to my apartment when my mom was in town. My mom was making him meatball sandwiches, and he was just like yo, he's like, this food is so good. I'm like, I know, bro. And he's like literally like my little brother. So like we'll go out to like the clubs and the bars and he's just such a sweetheart and all the girls who see him want him and he doesn't realize this. And like, I remember one night we were out at a club and he was like, we got twisted. Like we were definitely twisted. And he's like, yo, Jay Sass, Jay Sass, bro. Like some of these girls, like they're like the type you marry, you know? And I was like, shoops. These are not the girls you're marrying, bro. Not at the club. You do not want to marry these girls. No. And then he's just handing his phone over oh, to no, everyone. No. And like, yeah, like, text yourself. Like, put your number. And I'm like, Shoops. You're on a TV show. Buddy, you don't want to do that. Like, you just don't want to do that. But he's so innocent. And like, you know, he's that person. Like, what you see is what you get, which is what makes him just that little Shooby snack that he is. We love Shoops. Yeah, fans love him as well. Yeah, how could you, I mean, honestly, how could you not when you see him? Like, he's like that kid, you just see him, you just want to hug him. Well, he doesn't look like he ever has a sad day. No, that smile just yeah. brings your life. Yeah. Every time I'm down, I'll FaceTime him and like just seeing that, <laughs> those big old teeth, it just makes me so happy. I love, like, he went to UCLA, but he always wears USC stuff. It's really, you know, I, I follow both of you, so it's interesting to see. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just, like, a really smart dude, man. Like, he knows his shit with a lot of stuff, and I'm just not that dude. Like, at all, I don't know anything that's going on in the world. I don't I don't track political stuff. I don't know nothing. So, you know, I'll, I'll be around him sometimes, and he'll talk about shit, and I'm just like, oh, like, he knows his shit. Like, I don't really know any of this, you know? I have a question for you. Now that you're an influencer, how do you deal with your haters? To be honest with you, I don't get a lot, which really? is really cool. Like, I don't, that's why I feel like it's just been such a cool experience is like, I always say when it comes to who I am, take it or leave it. Like, I'm never going to change who I am. I am who I am. Uh, 
I haven't gotten a lot of haters. Like I've gotten, of course you get a few things, but the fun thing is when I'll be on like lives and I'll get trolls and shit, like I love trolls. Like here's the people are like, you know, fuck the trolls. I'm like, look it, trolls are just the people who didn't get love from mommy and daddy. So what do they want? They want that attention and love. I'll give it to them. I don't mind it. Like I'll give it right back to them. So I'll let them talk shit and I'll talk shit back to them. And it's a fun time. I mean, (laughs) I feel like everyone tries to play the whole like, Oh, get rid of them. Like, they're annoying. I'm like, no, like, let them be keyboard warriors. Let's have fun with them. I don't care. It's a, it's a good time. I feel like you can't you can't take this stuff too serious. And I think that's the problem is people take things way too seriously where I'm like, just have fun with it. Who cares? How do you hope that you're influencing? I don't. I'll okay. tell you the truth. Like, when, that's why when I get called an influencer, I'm like, I don't, I don't ever call myself an influencer because I've never wanted to be an influencer because for so many years, I would see a bunch of people you know, playing that role of like how many followers I have and doing this and doing that. And like being a struggling actor in LA, like it just made my stomach turn where I'm like, these are like the fakest fucking people I have ever seen. Like everything, like I'll see them be miserable human beings, being rude and disrespectful to people. And then at the drop of a dime, pick up their phone and Hey, what's going on? I'm out here today doing this and doing that. I'm like, you're so fucking fake. I can't take it. And I've just never been a dude who's about social media, like caring about how many followers I have and how much engagement my post is getting and like all these things. So if there's anything I think that people have remained true with me is that I'm, I am who I am. I don't put on a front. I don't try to make myself more appealing to other people. Like I, I just, I am who I am. So like, it's, that's, what's funny is it's like, I've sort of accepted there's no getting away from the influencer title now. Cause it's like, Joey's such an influencer because he's not an influencer. Well, and he won the influencing show called the circle. Yeah. And and that's the thing is like, I never, I, when I went on the show, I think that's what, what people really responded to me with is I never tried to be fake with anything. It was like, I'm just going to come here and be me. I'm not putting on a front. I'm not going to try to make myself more appealing to these players. Cause my, my whole thing going into the show was like, I truly never thought I, I had a chance at winning. Cause I was like, that's, not a thing like that just won't happen in my life i'm very fucking competitive like i'm extremely competitive so winning to me was making it to the end so my thing was just like i'm gonna come here i'm gonna be myself all of this is out of my control like so much of this is out of my control i don't have a say of people liking me or not liking me what i do have a say in is how i present myself which is i can't ever be anything but just me so that's what was cool about it is i feel like had i've had motives of winning or wanting to be liked or likable or any of those things that I feel like people try so hard in social media today, I would have never made it as far as I did in the show. And I don't think I would have won the show because everything, I feel like once you have those false motives, you could, you could smell it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Even if it's through, even if it's through tech. So with the success I've had post show, I've never changed my mindset with any of this, which is I'm me. That's it. Like, I, I understand the shit I have to do, but like sitting there for hours and trying to think of a fucking Instagram caption, I can't stand it. It's terrible. Like, it, it's a whole different world to where I feel like I know it's a part of my business. I know it, it means a lot to people, but I feel like I always have to be the dude who has one foot in that door and one foot out because I feel like everyone just wants to embrace everything that's new and forget the old where mm. I'm not that way. I live in the past with so many more things that I think made the world more simple for a better time. And and I also think that, you know, for the kids coming up now, you have to take into equation the the mental health aspect of kids' brains being in development and having like being a kid is fucking hard. 
no matter what time you live in, to now deal with you're living your life as is in person, but living so much through a screen and through validation of your friends of what people say, what they like, what they comment on, what they don't like. I just feel like down the line, we're going to have so much you know, legit studies come out of what this is doing to people's brains. And I don't want to be like the dude who's anti-social because I'm like all for it. I get it's a part of the world today. But my thing is just like, I always say like everyone teach their own. My thing is just more old school with shit. And I feel like I want to point the finger at some things that maybe aren't being talked about as much because I feel like that's why the world is really crazy today for a lot of reasons is people have two lives, the lives they live in person, the lives they live on their phone and social media. Well, thank you for being truly authentic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. We, that was a lot, Joey. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I can't, I can't, I mean, that's the same thing. I can't ever be fake about shit. I always got to be honest about it for, for anything. And, you know, it, it is hard because I, I don't want to ever be the dude who seems like a hater because mm-hmm. I, I really am not. I just feel like so many people have forgotten to just live in the now and live in the present where, I mean, I, I truly do struggle to you know how kids struggle to put down their phone. I struggle to be on my phone and do shit because I'm like, man, like I'm just not going to be, I'm not going to be that kid sitting there on TikTok for days trying to figure out a dance or this and that. Like if you want me to go on there and ramble about some shit, dope. No, that's my, you, that's you my want, thing. You want a career. You don't want to have a moment. That's what I gather. You totally. know, you're a hard worker and yeah. you're working for something much larger than 15 seconds that will disappear at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and to tell you the truth, like I've definitely probably lost out on hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not what could be millions by not embracing all this, because I know people in my realm who hit it on a show and their career path was like, get with other influencers who got following and do collaborations and do this and grow your following and make this much money from brand deals. So don't get me wrong. It fucking sucks. I would love to have do that money coming in because I would fund my own projects and do shit. But it's just so fake to me to have to go sit around people that I don't have anything in common with who you know, I'm nice and cool to everyone and I truly get along with everybody, but I've been around the TikTok houses. I've been around these people and they're nice kids. I'm just not that person. So when I'm sitting there, I feel like a hater because they're sitting like legitimately stressing, like it's fucking high school about who's beefing with who, who's taking, who's trend, who's doing this, who's doing that. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, is this, (laughs) is this really what your lives are every day? Like there's so much more going on in the world than focusing on doing these collabs and doing these things. So, you know, there's been people who have done that and they've done very well for themselves. I just have chosen not to go that route because I always say I'm in this for the longevity and I I don't have anything against networking and making contacts with people because I know it is a part of the business, but I'm just never going to be that dude full out. Like I just, I, I just don't know how people have enough time in their day to be like, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, this and that. Like I'm sitting at home writing screenplays and that's, you know, such a process that takes years to get things right, to sit there and juggle seven different social media platforms, then focus on that. Like I'm a hard worker and I I will always pride myself on working my ass off, but I just, I can't bring myself to have my, I've tried to do it. And it's just like, after a couple of days, your brain is just fried, man. Like, that's why I'm like, I don't hate on no one's hustle. If that's your thing and you've done great in that realm, God bless you. It's just never going to be me. But hear the key word, hustle. So you have to start doing something first. Yeah. We're going to have more with Joey right after this commercial break. And we're going to be joined by Lisa Freeberg, who is one of our friends and executive producer. You don't want to miss it. 
Hey, beauty besties, it's Bethany Krellen, CMO of the American Influencer Association. I'm excited to share with you the official AIE Beauty Bundle, which is a monthly subscription box celebrating influencer-loved makeup, skincare, and hair care products. We're giving you access to your favorite brands like MAC Cosmetics, Herbivore, ColourPop, Pure Lease, Pharmacy, Tress Hair Care, and so many more. Every month, you'll receive at least five different full-size beauty products valued over $100, all shipped free. Just go to AIABeautyBundle.com. That's right, AIABeautyBundle.com. And we're back with Joey Sasso, and joining us is executive producer Lisa Freeberg. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Josh. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. You know, recently we did a television show with Glozell Green, and I thought Joey would be perfect for the show, so thank you for connecting us. How has it been like to work with influencers? I have to say that, you know, well, I haven't really done a ton of work with influencers until I actually met you, and you brought into my world some of these amazing people. I think that many of them, like we work together with Candy Johnson. Love Candy. I love her. She hosted your show, right? Yes, Candy has hosted the American Influencer Awards for three years in a row. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. And she's an incredible entrepreneur. I really respect so much of what she has done. So it really, by meeting Candy, really kind of gave me an appreciation for the hard work that a lot of these influencers do. And those that work smart, those who are savvy, those who realize like nothing comes without hard work. There are no shortcuts. I think a lot of people, and it's similar to what you've been talking about, Joey, that I think some people have this perception that this is a, you know, quick way to make a million dollars. But no matter what you do, I don't care what it is. I'm older than both of you. I will tell you that I think to reach the height of anything you're going to do, you're going to have to work your butt off Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to be smart and you're going to have to do things that maybe you don't want to do, like run your business and do, you know, if you can't hire a bookkeeper, you got to do the bookkeeping. Like it's treating yourself like you are a business. And that to me is what kind of separates the men from the boys, as they say. Mm. And um, I think, you know, working with Glozell, she's amazing. I love her so much. You and I have, you know, kind of worked on developing some other things with her. You said um, something really interesting, though, that really actually changed the way I look at social media. Really quick, will you tell us how we should all view our Instagram? So if you're like an outside company looking at someone's personal Instagram, how should that look? Well, you know, I came from advertising before I went into the studio. And when I was at the studio, I worked at DreamWorks for many years. I was an executive there. My job there was kind of unique because I had to marry the uh, IP of a movie we were making. So we were doing Kung Fu Panda or, you know, How to Train Your Dragon or whatever. Then we would have a partnership with Verizon or Pepsi or one of these huge brands. And we had to figure out how do we bring these two things together without it feeling shoehorned and without it feeling kind of contrived and stupid. So the idea was always a lead with entertainment, always lead with the story. And then how do we bring that brand on to make it feel authentic and real? Well, I think that's what you do, Joey, with your social, what you do, Josh, with your social, anybody, whether you're, quote, an influencer or any business, your Instagram, your Facebook, you know, not maybe so much TikTok, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, all of these platforms are really cool tools for you to connect with your audience. Mm-hmm. But I love so much what you said, Joey. I'm going to just like kudos to you. You know, I adore you so much. Love One you of too. the most authentic people I've ever met in my life. And I think that's what you're talking about is staying authentic and true to yourself. And if you do that, brands recognize that. And a brand is going to go, oh, his vibe, his tone, his whatever is what we represent. So Mm. look at your social as a way of kind of speaking to the broader audience. But I will say, having spent several decades in the entertainment business, and um, I'm married to an actor, the worst thing any of us can do is chase what we think other people want. Like if you go into something and go, oh, they're looking for blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to be that. I'm going to, you will chase your tail. You will go crazy. You will probably just want to like jump off of a bridge. Mm -hmm. So you got to keep it real. And that's, so for you to say you're not an influencer, Joe, is kind of BS. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Totally. Because you are. I mean, we're all influencing people every day. Even right now on the podcast, whoever's listening. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. But I think what you're influencing, Joey, is to encourage people to be like, be real. Don't chase something. Don't, I mean, you can chase your dream. Mm -hmm. You can chase your goals, but don't try to reinvent yourself for what you think of the people people want because the world is so fickle. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't keep up with it anymore. So it's kind of like, you just got to be who you are. And some people will like you, some people won't, but be real and realize you are a business. Mm. You're so right. You're so, I mean, that's the one thing to piggyback off what you're saying that I wish people knew is if you're, if that's your thing is to try to chase the followers, right. Or whatever business you're in, it, inevitably, I don't care what business any of us are in, social media runs the world today. It just is what it is. And you have to know that you are your own business. Like I I had an acting teacher for years who changed my whole perspective because she was like, you are a fucking entrepreneur. You are your own business. You are everything you need to realize that. And that goes into social so much of I see people post stuff that isn't appropriate with language that isn't good. Not Like, look, at, I have a filthy mouth. I have a dark sense of humor. But that's your brand. Right. I mean, but if I, I also know you like not a brand. to sit there and say in every Instagram post, fuck this and fuck that, or I did this, or I, and I see people post this stuff where I'm like, I get people will laugh at that or look at that. But I know firsthand that that's going to turn some people yeah, but off. Joey, I think that's your brand. So like Red Bull's going to want to do business with Joey Sasso. Probably maybe Walmart doesn't. Yeah, so, totally. you know, that's what I'm saying about be authentic, be real. I'm not saying be abrasive. And right. you're, you're not that. That's why I adore you so much because you have the heart of gold. And I do think that's why you won the circle because you were you're just such a real person. You know, he's not really trying to win you over per se. But you are one over because Joey's so truthful. There's nothing worse than someone being inauthentic. Well, I think and that you, most people don't even know they are. Don't you feel that a lot though from from your guys' position when you look at people's stuff on social? Because that's the, to me where things get interesting is it's like breaking down a screenplay, right? Is seeing the work that's there. And I think today when you're looking at people's socials, I like to try to break it down the same way of what is someone really going for versus who's just being themselves. And like you were saying, I feel yeah. a lot of times you look at people who are trying to chase that trend, who are trying to do that. And look, at, I went through it when I first got onto the social scene of like, I need to all of a sudden overnight adapt a 13 year old's mindset of mm. what's cool and what's in. And it took me a while of going through different phases of being like, people fuck with me because of who I am. 
authentically, naturally, and that's enough. And if you just keep that true, like I, I'll see, like, for example, scrolling on TikTok, you see a bunch of different trend videos. But one thing you see is people making videos telling people what to do on TikTok or social to blow up of find your niche, find your this, find your that. Dude, if you look at these trends of how things start, they start from people being who they are and putting that out there and then people trying to duplicate that. I always say to people, especially in the entertainment industry, be who you are. I'm in competition with nobody but myself because there's only one version of me. I'm the best version of me that there's ever going to be. And if I know that, it makes life a lot easier because I feel like there is such a rat race on social of people trying to be something that they're not. And I think well, you, you touched that. on this earlier, Joey. I always think about, I really do think about kids living in the society today because on so many levels, I think that social media is the bathroom wall. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was going to school, that's all you had to worry about is the bathroom wall. Like, right. You know, you don't want to walk in there and see some nasty thing about you on the wall in the bathroom. Whereas here, that's kind of what kids are up against is all of this, you know, banter that happens in social and kind of, you know, a lot of hate talk or whatever, or jumping on bandwagons of things that they don't even know what they're talking about. So again, this comes from, you know, more maturity and time and life and realizing Mm -hmm. like, hey, you just can't please everybody. So just be who you are. But I think for influencers, because they are trying to make money at this, or they're, they're trying to, you know, build up their image, it is like pick your lane. It is pick your lane and be who you are, Mm -hmm. but try to make that to what, who your real personality is, not become something that's not authentic. It's not sustainable. And we learn that with Glozell a lot, you know? Yeah. uh, Because you, you have fans in all different genres and you're you're trying to figure out what clicks, you know, for Glozell specifically, she has her challenge fans. She has her IVF fans. She has, you know, you know, people who miss her being wacky Glozell. So um, to touch upon that, though, Lisa, how do you think as someone listening to the show, how should they look at their Instagram feed? How Should they just be authentic or should they look at it as like a magazine, if you will? Or how? Yeah. So that I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot about that. That. OK, so because I didn't come from the social media world, I came from advertising and then entertainment. When I started looking at these, and frankly, a lot of it was just reaction to the pandemic, that we were then, you know, I couldn't go out and be producing content. So we thought, okay, let's look at what what is this digital, these social media platforms, how can we program in Instagram? How can we create series in, in on Instagram? Or, you know, not so much on Facebook, but regardless of the platform, it doesn't really matter. This is your magazine. This is your way of creating a story. Tell a story through your post. Don't just shotgun throwing things out there and, you know, like bubblegum on the wall. Mm-hmm. There's a way to design it in a in an experiential kind of way. So my team, we, for some of our clients, actually, we really program their Instagram like a magazine, some were static posts, some were like a video series. So we would do, you know, little video clips, but they had themes to them. So there's a way that, you know, you don't, in the old days, you would have to get somebody with a lot of money to help you craft this platform for you to kind of build up 
who you are, tell the stories you want to tell. Now you can do that. Joey can create a series on his own Instagram. Mm -hmm. Maybe his series is like his reviews of the movies of the week. Mm -hmm. And Joey just shoots a video of himself like doing his movie review. But he trains his audience that every week on Tuesday, I'm going to give you my critique of a movie. Every Wednesday, I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. Consistency is key. Yeah. Mm. And look at your channel like you're programming. So I brought to the social world, this notion of like, nobody's really programming. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to look at it like programming of television or programming. Let's look at programming your channel. Mm -hmm. And anybody can do that. And I think it's fun and it's more strategic. And I mean, we have calendars, we have production calendars, we have a calendar of literally it's like programming a channel. So that is exciting because anybody can do that. You just come up with the ideas and then be consistent. It, but it takes discipline. I love that. No, I just saw a thing online. Like, I love Joe Rogan yeah. and his podcast. And it literally touched upon that consistency of, I think it was, let's say, 10 or ten or 12, maybe 15 years max, however long he's been doing his podcast. I think like a decade. And they had the thing of his first podcast he ever did, which was before anyone knew what podcasts were. He was like, this is just a fun thing to do with my friends. Now he's on episode 3000. And first episode, he made nothing. Now he makes a million dollars a day for his podcast. And the whole thing is it started from something, him being authentic, him being real. Throughout all of this, he hasn't changed his talking points of, I just want to have a fucking conversation. Like, I've had companies come to me to want to do podcasts. And I've said no to them because it's two bullet points where I'm like, if there's something with me is I just love talking to people. Let me just sit down and talk to people. And then you see people look at someone like Rogan being at the top. And they're like, I'm trying to figure out what makes him what he is. But Joey, he works hard. So yeah, I think it's working hard and having the goal. Yeah. And and you you just told a story of what he's done for 15 years. It's yeah. like you with your movie. Yeah. You made so Joey made a movie and uh he and his buddies, I want you to talk about it, Joey. It's yeah. an amazing story. But it's an independent film that they worked their butts off uh to to do. Joey's the lead in it. I mean, frankly, when Joey told me about it, I was like, oh great, okay, this reality guy, can he act? I was a little nervous because yeah. I adore Joey so much, but then I was like, when he wanted me to watch the rough cut of his film, I was like, I hope he doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, that's the and one he, you got. I've been in that position before with friends, and you're like, please don't suck. And I've had to tell people when they suck because I won't lie. So I, well, I know that. Too. Yeah, I know, I know that feeling. I know that. Feeling. But instead of Joey, instead of having to tell Joey he sucked, I was like, I love it. What do you need to do to finish it? How, what can I do to get involved? So you know, Young Lion of the West is a great film that. Joey is that we're finishing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a testament to hard work. How many years? 10 years? 10 years. I mean, I still, I have a friend in the movie, the kid who plays the stand up uh, when introducing my girlfriend on stage. I went to high school with him and he's a local actor back home. He's like, I remember you fucking writing this when we were in social, well, whatever class back in the day and talking about it because I always knew I wanted to be a filmmaker. I always knew film was my life. But when you look at the industry, you have to make moves smartly. Like, you know what I'm saying? You have to know the certain things you have to do. And I knew this had to be my first movie because for years I would audition and it was always, you're a great actor. You're just too specific. You're too New York. You're too Italian. You're too this, you're too that. There's no changing who I am. So I know you have to establish your type. So I wrote a role that I could play that no one else could play that when they would read the script and that first, before I ever did a you know reality show, it was like, oh, wow, you're perfect for this. Yeah, I know I wrote this so I could play it. And being a lifelong lover of film, I knew I wanted to make a gritty first time indie that really established myself. And that took 
you know, a decade of writing it with my writing partner and trying to make it what other people wanted it to be. When you'd get coverage from someone at Warner Brothers who you're paying to do stuff on your script. And then, you, you know, I always say like Tarantino had a thing about uh, try writing your characters in an, an authentic way. And they will literally like scream at you on the page of like, this is not true. Mm. And it took drafts of us going through that of like trying to make it what other people wanted till we eventually were like, fuck this. We only get one chance at this. We're going to make it whatever we want it to be with no one looking over our shoulders. They will never get this opportunity again. Let's put everything in our lives on hold and risk everything. Everyone always says they got a good idea. Everyone always says that, you know, they want something. But how many people actually go for it? And if there's one thing I try to be a proponent for is, is telling people, like, you are in control of your own life, of your mm. own world. Go and do it. You have nothing to lose, man. And I feel like so many people live with so much fear of failure where you have to fail to succeed. You well, know? it's fear of failure, but it's also fear of not eating. Mm -hmm. So I think, I mean, yeah. it's, you guys are both like creative people. I know enough of your stories to know you've mm -hmm. been through really hard times in pursuit of the creative that you want to do. So I think that's always kind of the challenge to me. Mm -hmm. is where's the balancing act of like, okay, am I willing? Or, you know, my husband, he he's an actor. He's been homeless two times. Like, right. you know, because he, but that's, he was like, he had no fallback. Mm -hmm. He tells an artist, he always tells, you know, when young actors come to him, what, he, you know, what's your fallback? And if they have a fallback, he's like, you should do that. Oh, wow. I love that. <laughs> because unless you just can't live without doing this, you should probably do something else because this will be very hard. And I think that pertains to influencers too. I mean, what do you think, Josh? You, you've worked with influencers for a very long time. Yeah, I think there's two types of influencers, the ones that just got really lucky and just kept going, and then the ones who really worked hard at it. Um, you know, I look at somebody like Rebecca Zamalo. She was tried to be an actress, and uh, she ended up having a medical condition where she had to have a colostomy bag, and everyone dropped her. They're like, "You're not pretty. You can't do this." That's so terrible. she had. She's like, "I only had to. I had to become an influencer," and now she has you know 27 million followers and all these deals and living her best life. And you know, it's a yes, a horrible story, but she was like, you know, God brought me to the path I was supposed to be down, and now she can be an actress and she can do whatever she wants, but. Um, you know, it's just, sometimes you just need that. You, I, I look at her and I'm like, she was a hardworking influencer. Well, Josh, let me ask you, cause I'm genuinely curious. Cause I'm so not of this world. Okay. What makes people want to be an influencer? Like truly, like what is their, like is, what is someone's inspiration to want to go for that? Because my mind is so not of, of that, that I, I don't understand it. Like what someone's goal is. I think there uh, there could be multiple. Uh, one would be uh, they want to, they feel that they have something inside of them and they want to show the world, but they've never had that platform or that opportunity because of the social hierarchy. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think there's other people that are just really smart at a young age saying they did that, they did that, and I'm going to follow that. You know, I've looked at a few of these makeup beauty influencers. Mm -hmm. You know, they're 18, 19 now, and they have their own makeup line mm -hmm. for like a real makeup line in a Mac store. And, you know, they studied all these, you know, the Candy Johnsons of 10 years ago. And, you know, they're like, I'm going to be the first non-binary gender free, you know, like, you yeah. know, they figure out what hasn't been done before and they'll do it. And, you know, to see the, these CEOs at 18, 19 years old, mm -hmm. you, 
you know, they're doing TED Talks. A few right. of them I've, I've interviewed recently, that's and, a lot. And I think, I think again, it goes back to what they're genuinely interested yeah. in. I mean, there are those that sort of are in pursuit of fame and money, mm-hmm. but I don't know that those, may, I mean, I don't think obviously, they last. yeah, I don't think they last. So those that have now have their own line, it's because they were passionate about it. They studied, just like you would as an actor or yep. a filmmaker, they studied, oh, what does this person do that works? What does this person do that doesn't work? I love beauty. I love makeup. But this is something I can bring to the game that nobody else has done before. Well, that's being a smart business person. It's like, where is the scarcity in the marketplace? Like, See, again, I love that. I think that's I think that's really dope. I just think like I'm the most positive person in the world, but I'm also the most negative when it comes to certain <laughs> shit. And I just had like, that's like my father side of me. But like, I truly think that where I see so much of like hearing that, like that's dope. That's because someone he's who's from Rochester. Yeah, yeah, like that's someone who hustles. That's someone yeah. who does stuff. Like I had a conversation with a girl recently who's a beautiful, beautiful girl. And she was telling me how she wants to be famous or be an mm-hmm. influencer and have followers. I'm like, and I'm at, why? Like, why? She's like, well, I really love to act. Okay, so what are you doing to pursue that? Are you in classes? Are you doing stuff? This and that? Like, well, I want to take care of my mom and stuff, but I really think I could sing too. Okay, so what are you doing to pursue that? And I look at the stuff she posts. She's a beautiful girl. I think so much of it comes down to people want attention. People are insecure. They think that they're important. I know another girl who's a beautiful, beautiful girl, gorgeous, who comes from a, she's well off, comes from a family with money. She's like, Joey, I need your help. I need to get followers because I could be an influencer for these swimsuit brands. Okay, but what do you want to do? And she was like, I just know I'm fucking hot. Like, I just know I'm hot and I know guys want me and I know I I could and should have followed. And like, this is the shit I see to where I'm like, I can't stand this. Like, just be a person. Like, I, so I, I, when I hear stories of people who are killing it, it's like, yo, good for you. That's your lane. You, you've murdered it. But I feel like there's so many other people now who truly just want attention. They're chasing likes, they're chasing validation in their lives for something that's missing to where that's what interests me as the writer in my mind. I'm like, what's, what's no, not there? You're, you're being nice. I call it lazy and they want the quick fix. True. Yeah. That, I, th- I, mean, I think that's a huge I, yeah. part of it for sure. But you know, I, I think that's for me, I'm so intrigued by people. I always have been to where when I'm sitting at people and assessing and looking at them and assessing them, I wonder what that thing is that is making them chase that so much. Cause I've seen it with people being so fake to me of like, I think I'm a handsome, good looking guy, but not to the fucking point of some of the people who tried to hit on me. I mean, now this will sound like I'm dissing all the parents, but I sort of am. You were raised in a different way. That's immediate gratification. What you guys are talking about is immediate gratification and this notion that you can get something for nothing. Mm -hmm. And it just really doesn't work that way. You and I talked about this, Josh, the most successful people that we know in entertainment business, they have worked their butts off to get to where they are. I mean, I'm talking like the most major superstar in music and film and mm-hmm. studio executives. Like it's not an easy job. Yeah. So in the most successful doctor is the same thing. The most successful accountant, like whatever you do, I don't think, wouldn't, I mean, would you be fine. so horrified if you're like, oh, who's your doctor? Oh, like, oh yeah, he's famous on Instagram. We're like, I don't want a famous <laughs> doctor on Instagram. I right. want a good doctor. Right, right. <laughs> like, and, and I think that that's well, like, a part you of the society Dr. we're Mike. living in. I yeah. think he's both. That's yeah. the society we're living in today, man. We're like, my dad made me work from the time I was a kid. Like, you're going to work your ass off. I was in the gym. I was a boxer all year round while doing everything else. And my family, my dad is successful for what he does being a used car dealer, but 
he never wanted me to take over the business. He wanted me to chase my dreams and and do what I wanted to do. So my family's always helped me financially when I've needed it. Mm. But I've never been someone. I've never lived like that because I was in, I was literally broke for me having to work but to survive. But didn't they do think everything. you were crazy for coming out to LA? No. No, they didn't. That's why they would never have let me move out when I did. I was 18. They moved me out here. Uh, I went to a, a high school that 99% went on to college, and I was that 1% that didn't. And oh. always knew I was considered like the loser in my high school because I wasn't going to college. And it was like, yeah, Joey's going to go to LA to be a movie star. Okay. Like, but my thing was never chasing fame, it was never chasing money. I love filmmaking. I was always known as the movie dude. I love the craft of, of writing, directing, acting, all of it. And I can't live without it. I've never okay, had so a Okay, so Joey, you could be an influencer in the movie. Like, you, we've talked about that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, and but I love it's because it's your authentic passion. That's, I think that's yeah. really the theme of it is what's authentic and then look at it like a business and how do you brand your business and use your social platform as a tool that really helps you message out who you are, what your interests are. Again, I really like this idea of programming your social channels. No, it's brilliant. I think it should be. Oh, like did I that. just give away a brilliant idea? No, 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 no. If you want that idea, you call uh, One Good Man Productions, That's and right. she will program your. <laughs> just reach out to the show. Josh yeah, yeah. and I, we will produce your channel. All of you influencers, <laughs> Josh, every show us. we do. Josh, you no, got it is the pilot. True. We don't look at it like so. We don't look at it from marketing. We look at it from storytelling, and that's a very different thing. Josh, you got to tell me, do you just roll your eyes when you meet some people? Because I feel like you're in a realm where you have to meet some people who just must piss you off. You know, to, to be honest, I've actually been really lucky. I would say 95% of the influencers have been nice yeah. and to the whole company. And I don't know if it's because that's who they are or, or who we are. Mm -hmm. All my major issues have been with celebrities. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, there's those few influencers, you know, a, a story here or there. What mm -hmm. I find with influencers is that they're on their own time schedule. Mm -hmm. So if I had something to complain about, I'd be like, get on the real human time. Right. And like, you know, be on a calendar time. But other than that, I have no real complaints. Yeah. Um, but like you said, you can see someone who's inauthentic. Um, but don't you think that person would be a jerk even if they were like, you know, working and... You know, it's true. Normal job. Yeah, they would still throw coffee at you. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if you're yeah. a jerk, you kind of are. Although I guess in some some like celebrities or big influencers, as a society, we kind of tolerate it, let them get away with bad behaviors. Oh, you know, I also should point out all of our nominees are voted by the fans. So we're really lucky that you know if your fans have voted, you know, I think we got like six million votes for that's the last insane. one. So, you know, that's a lot of people voting. So you probably don't have a lot of haters if you're nominated with the American Influencer have Awards. Have you seen a common denominator within the ones that kind of rise to the top? Like attitude, tone, uh, what the fans like? I would say a lot of them have, I would say 99% of them enjoy their fans and have fan engagement to the point where their fans feel emotionally attached to them like their family. Mm. And I would say the feeling is vice versa. I love that. So, you know, often we, you know, we'll hear of our own influencers crying over their fans because their fans are having a bad day or how they, you know, it's- Oh, when we yeah. did the, when we did that uh, uh, show with Glozelle and Candy, it was so touching. The, I was not aware of like all the notes that they got from fans and, you know, you really changed my life and you helped me get through this really tough time. And oh, it, yeah, my it mom was just really, died yeah. and I would watch your videos and my mom and I used to watch your videos together. Yeah, like 
That's, I'm sure you get touching things like that as well. I mean, honestly, that's the only, that's one of the main things I'm thankful for with my following is I legitimately spend all of my free time communicating with people. So like if I, for example, if I do a, an Instagram feed post, right, that's a four hour process because I post and I sit down and I literally respond to every single comment wow. for a three to four hour period. I also spend all of my free time going through my inbox and messaging people back. And I have so many friends who have large followings tell me you're out of your fucking mind. I'm like, you don't communicate with people to be, and if it's a guy, most typical thing you hear is like, well, if a hot girl hits me up, like, yeah. Or, you know, a girl will say like, oh, like, no, I don't really do it. Maybe a little this and that. Like, I'm not exaggerating. During this pandemic, I did nothing besides talk to people. And that's still what I do, but I don't know how you like don't. So it's like, that's why I say like, I never want to be a hater because mm. I'm very thankful to be in the position that I'm in. I'm not a social reality TV fan, but I've been the fan my whole life. So I know what it's like to be a fan. And I've met some of my heroes that weren't great and it's heartbreaking. And I've met ones that are fucking awesome. So to be in a position now where for whatever reason, I can't look at it in depth because it's me, but for whatever reason, people fuck with me and they want to reach out, I'm going to give you my free time. And I've built relationships with people from all over the world who will message you, like literally telling you the most heartbreaking shit or opening up to you about stuff. And and I just feel like, how can you not as a person just sit there as a human, one-on-one, you know what I mean? Like that's sort of the beauty of social media to me. That's what I'm thankful for. Like there's a lot of this shit I've, I've spoke on that I can't stand. That's the stuff I love to where I'm like, I wanna build a career not only for longevity, but all the people I idolize when I really look at their career have been able to build a fan base that they're so connected with that is gonna show up for them when they do stuff. So I feel like how can I have all this blessing in my life and not give it back to the people who are helping me stay here? You know, how could you not like him, Lisa? I know. Isn't he the best? <laughs> you just took us to church, polite church. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just to me, I mean, really though, like I'm gonna wear my hat next time. Can you imagine though being <laughs> a fan of someone was, and yeah. reaching out to someone and like, you know, never hearing back from them, never I, I feel like I how can I not? Like I have people who, you know, I remember like one day I did a random giveaway for a thousand dollars for no reason, just not to be a good dude, just like yo, it's the pandemic, people are struggling. I'm doing really well right now, thank God. Let me give out a grand. So the girl I gave out a grand to, I talked to her all the time. My fam, my mom just sent her a video for her sister's birthday because I didn't even see her message. And it's like stuff like that to where it's like, man, like I truly believe if you're lucky enough to do well in life and anything that that you do, whatever avenue you go in, you gotta give it back in the world. Like you have to. The, the, the world have has so many problems. Have you ever noticed, like I've noticed going to concerts, like mm -hmm. some of the top best ever concerts Bruce Springsteen, Prince, mm -hmm. Garth Brooks, like these are people. And I started to realize the, the thing that makes them who they are is they're just pouring it out to the audience. Mm -hmm. Like they're just giving everything they got. Like it is not, oh, what are you going to give me tonight? It's mm -hmm. about, I'm going to just pour it out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you're talking about. It's like connecting with human people, with other people is what we're really all about. And Josh, you and I have talked about this a lot on the content we create, uh, the stories we want to tell. It's all about connecting. And, you know, my company's named One Good Man Productions. And yep in everything that's going on in society right now and people wanting to drop these, you know, gender identities. To me, one good man is not about anything. 
other than we are one human race Mm -hmm. and let's connect to each other through story. And whether your story is a movie, whether your story is your story on your social media platform, whatever your story is. And it's interesting to hear that's what those influencers, how they connect with their audience is by sharing their story. And then the audience shares back. And that's cool. Like that's the hieroglyphics on the walls in the caves. Yeah, I agree. I think what has made social media so impactful is that before with celebrities, we only saw what we thought they needed to be or what it was. Now we're seeing celebrities and normal people as emotional beings that are equal. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you're seeing celebrities without their makeup. You're seeing, you know, they're just moms now. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's how our, our fans are really connecting because they're like, oh, they're just like me. Because again, we don't know what it's like to win a Grammy. We don't know what it's like to have a million dollars, but we do know what it's like to have heartbreak. Yeah. And we do know what it's like to struggle or mm-hmm. to wonder if you're going to feel loved. Yeah. So. I think that's one of the silver linings of the pandemic, actually, mm. because when these, you know, a lot of the musicians early when they were canceling their concerts and then they did something at home, they're like at their piano doing, and we've now seen these people literally in their living rooms. Mm-hmm. And I think it really helped to kind of break through those kind of um, barriers, I guess. I don't know. Of idolizing. It's idolizing other people. It's changed fame is, forever. Yeah, and I think it's that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for me. I'm so mixed on it because I really do come from that era of I love not knowing mm. things about the people I love. I love looking at a performance and seeing a character created that. I don't know this person, but man, they disappear and they create this thing. And then you sit there, like I I even look at one of my favorite artists of all time. I'm the biggest Eminem fan you'll ever meet. Still to this day, he has not embraced this. He has not embraced any of this. And that's why he still has the power that he has because I know when he's dropping something, I'm checking in with Marshall. Where is he at in his life right now? Which it makes the work feel more important. And Mm. that's why it's been difficult for me is if I had it my way, truly, I didn't want no one to ever know anything about me. I just want to work. I want to act. I want to do my thing. But it changes the game completely of in a good way that makes people humanize. But I think there's also another side to it that just because you let people in doesn't mean that they get that whenever they want. Okay, this is something Candy. I remember Candy and Glazelle having this conversation. And Candy, you know, these are like the the OGs of YouTube. Mm -hmm. Candy Johnson told Glazelle that one thing she learned early was, you know, you do want to share your life, but you don't have to share all of your life. Mm -hmm. So, but when you do, when you decide I'm going to open this up to them, then don't be pissed off when people want to know. Remember we talked about that and I think it was like with her IV process and it's so it's sort of as an influencer. I mean, I'm not an influencer, but I would say that that may be something to think about. It was like, okay, what part am I going to partition off as that's for me? That's not really a part of my life that I'm going to reveal to these people who are strangers. I mean, even though you're communicating, they're still strangers. Yeah. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? No, I agree with you For completely. For me, it's dating life. That's never, I'll never talk about my dating life. And you have control of that. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want no part of that. I don't want, that's my personal life. Uh, I don't think that's anyone's business with anything. I mean, even from the show I was on with the, the I was girl, just about to ask you, who are you dating? Yeah, uh, I'm single, actually. I honestly am. I would tell you I'm single. But I've had even from my show, that girl, Miranda, uh, at, like still to this day, are you guys together? Because, you know, people are just seeing the show still for the first time. And it's like that was just a kiss on a show. And people legit want you to be married, want you to be together. 
And I've answered, I can't even tell you how many thousands of times how we're just friends. If you're that, Google it. It's all over Google that we're just friends. But yeah, I feel like because I've naturally been such a private person and I, it, it is weird for me because you just get thrust into this. And I wasn't expecting all, like I said, the social world, but I think you have to have things for yourself that you keep private. And I have friends who get into relationships, they put it out to the world, and then you're going through shit with your person you're dating. And then you break up and now I got to go wipe my social media of all of our pictures. And then everyone thinks Brad, they deserve Brad to know. Says, Keep your business off the street. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> I, that's funny. That's an True. old school way of being that I don't think exists anymore. And I think you have to, you have to be, you know, choosy about things because I just, I just think that there's, there's a place for everything, but I just have so many friends that I see just, they truly just live through their phone and they live for content, content, content. And I'm like, man, just, be present with me. Like, let's have a fucking conversation. Not everything is for everyone. And I look at things of when I decide to put something out there, it's something I've thought of for a very long time to really say, I want to open this side of myself to everyone versus I think a lot of people, especially from, I could say from the realm I come from of hit on a reality show, they get that big wave of everyone coming at them. And they think that's going to last forever. Where I've always knew is like, no, this is what it happens. You hit, People forget about you 10 minutes later. Now when people start moving on and they're not getting that attention, they're putting everything out there, whether it's risque shit or seeming like there's a problem in their life because they were so addicted to that attention coming their way. And if you live your life based on that and based on other people's perception of you, like, man, you're in for a rude awakening and you're not going to find any happiness. Like, that's a dark, lonely road to go down. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be prepared for just being a professional and knowing there's peaks and valleys in this and stay true to who you are, you know? Well, let's end here. What career advice would you give to people who want to be in the entertainment industry or as an influencer? Lisa, you want to go first? No. <laughs> I would say... Um, I can't, I really can't speak on someone trying to be an influencer. I would feel bullshit. I would just say, if you're, if that's your thing, be real, just be just whoever you are, you are in that. I, that's the same advice I'd give to any actor that it takes actors years to realize, which is you are enough. You mm -hmm. are enough as who you are naturally. You don't have to be anything that you're not and stay, stay true to, to who you are. Cause I could say even, uh, even for me, I've went through so much shit in this industry, uh, so many ups, so many highs, so many lows, so many, so many different things that you see that shape who you become. Like just an example would be I've been sober now five months. And that was a huge like change in my life of having a problem, having an issue to, to for years to to sort of let that problem grow undiagnosed. And then all of a sudden when you finally speak up and say, I need help with this. There's a whole community of people there to lift you up. Be like, yo, I went through the same shit. I struggle with the same shit. And it's just, you realize how much love there is out there in the world, and how many people can be there for you. So I just think it always speaks up to being authentic, being real, and not being afraid to put yourself out there. Because I think there's that voice for a lot of people that scares them of like, don't do that because you're going to be vulnerable. You're going to be, you know, you're going to expose yourself. But I've always found in my life, whenever I've done that, with every single thing, it's led to a new chapter of the best shit I've ever experienced in my life. So if that's what you're going for and you really want that, 
Just be the best fucking version of yourself that you can be and work your fucking ass off and be a professional. Like everyone will always look at someone who's a worker and has a good attitude and want that person around. If you're a fucking dickhead and you think the world owes you everything and you deserve everything, no one's going to fuck with you. No one's going to want to have anything to do with you. And professionalism goes so far in this industry, whether you're an actor, writer, influencer, be a professional and a good person. That's simple. Amen. And- Congratulations on your sobriety. Thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you for sharing that with our audience. Yeah, for sure. That will inspire a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's a whole new thing of like putting that out there of just like, you know, working on that shit by yourself mm-hmm. of being like, yo, like it, there were some dark moments, just some really dark moments, but realizing how many people have the same problems of being like, I really was like, do I want to put that out there? Do I not want to put that out there? And it's like, well, why the hell not? Because the one thing I could say gets annoying from my perspective is people messaging me thinking I'm perfect because mm. they see me on a show and they only see a couple sides of me. So I've had people from all over the world. How are you so positive? How are you so perfect? How are, and like when it comes to positivity, let's just put it like this. I choose to wake up every day and put a smile on my face. That's a choice we all have, regardless of what you've been through. And I have bad days like anyone, but my thing is, when I have a bad day, I shut myself out. I let myself feel how I need to feel for a little bit, and the sun's going to shine tomorrow. So when I'm sitting there and I see people say how perfect you are like constantly, it, it can make you feel like you're being fake. Because I'm like, yo, I put myself out there. I don't ever want to be seen as perfect. I'm fucking flawed in every single way. I'm the most flawed dude you'll ever meet. And I think it's important for people to know that, especially in social, where everyone's trying to put out that they're perfect or their body's this or this and that. Like, yo, that's why I always preach you are the one version of yourself and own that. And especially to... Uh, recently, I haven't really spoke that much on like being sober and what that's been and going through that routine. I plan on doing that more, but seeing the people who have reached out to me just from the little I have of being like, yo, I'm, I got a heroin problem. I got an alcohol problem and people putting their, like trusting you with putting their darkest shit. Like that's a beautiful thing that someone feels connected to you with for some reason, to, to put yourself out there with how could you not be there for that person, right? So it's that thing of like, if I have if I can help people with the shit I've gone through just by putting that shit out there with my own stuff, I plan on doing that because, you know, the world's a fucked up place, man. And I follow a lot of these people and I don't see a lot of people talking about real shit. I don't see a lot of people talking about their insecurities or the things they struggle with. I see a lot of people preaching how hot they are or I'm looking at saying fucking Photoshop all day long and no one realizes that where I'm like, yo, just be fucking real, man. And like, I don't know. I just, I think, I think of it as I've had so many highs, so many lows. I've had so many personal changes I've gone through in my life. I've had so much shit to where now being in this, in this new realm of having an audience and having people that really fuck with you I am very particular of the things I want to put out there, but when it comes to the struggles I've had, I want to put that out there because I want to make it very clear to everyone listening. No one handed me shit in my career. I had to work my fucking ass off and I struggled for a decade working in the oldest gay bar in LA, being the only straight kid who ever worked there going, this could be the rest of my life. This could be what I do forever. I have no backup plan. I have nothing but a high school diploma. I know I'm willing to outwork any single person, but I just hope I can get an opportunity. And now that I have that, how can I not put out there 
my advice to people to not make the same mistakes I have. Because we live in this town. You see people move here from all over the world with nothing but a dream. And I, if you, if this is not the thing for you, if you cannot take going through all that, go do something else. Go to college. Get that degree. Do whatever you're going to do because it takes so much to, to sustain in this industry. And for me, I definitely had a problem for years and years that was like, this needs to be addressed. And I was not addressing it. And then that made it worse and it grew. And then when you finally reach out and you see other people that went through this shit, it's like, yo, there's like, I've really seen now in this business, there's like, there's two types of people. There's those that are sober and those that are not sober. It's really that, it's really that simple. And, you know, I think it would be great to be a person who could just go sit down and have a couple drinks and I'm not that dude. Like everything in my life is zero to a hundred. Mm-hmm. There's no middle ground with it. And I see so many kids coming up now that are in this business that I think inherently, if it comes, if you're in this industry, get a good therapist and try to be sober in some, in some way, shape or form, because we're all going to go through depression. We're all going to have lows. And if you don't live in LA and you're listening to this, there is something that happens in this town where everyone tries to talk about everything they have going on to seem like they're in demand at every point in time when fucking nobody is and everyone's miserable because we all struggle. Like it takes a lot to be in this business. So, you know, I would, I would say that you have to get into this knowing a lot of shit and be ready for that. And I don't think a lot of people do. And you have to learn uh, how to unlearn what you thought you needed to be. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, expect expectations versus reality are a really big thing, especially in this business and and i think mental health especially with social media is a big thing because i could say for myself when i was struggling working until four or five o'clock in the morning and i'm getting home every night seeing some fucking influencer kid who i've never heard of making millions and millions of dollars for being a fucking douchebag and i'm sitting here working my ass off trying to just get a little bit of a dream that shit fucks with your head mm-hmm. of like what the hell am i doing wrong i'm actually pursuing this kid makes videos in his Bathroom taking shits and talking or doing whatever the hell he does. So I mean, I think possibly, yeah. yeah like there's, there's not any of our influencers. Yeah, but like yeah. there's there's that shit happening today to where it's like you. I think mental health is a huge thing that a lot of people struggle with, and slowly but surely, I think it's starting to be talked about more. And I hope that's something that gets implemented a lot more, especially for the kids growing up younger. Now that we're we know so much more about mental health and struggles that you can hopefully catch things from a younger age. And, you know, even for people who, uh, like I said about getting in therapy, I'm not the dude who, who says like, I'm sober. Everyone has to be sober. I'm the dude who says, I think a lot more people have problems with things that they talk about. So I think, you know, for me getting into therapy literally changed my life. And I'm a dude who goes to the gym every single day. And it's literally the gym for life. Mm. That's the way I look at it. The gym for your heart and brain. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I've I've accepted, I've learned how to live my life one day at a time. I, I'm very, I could be very hard on myself for the mistakes in my past that I've done while being fucked up, while not being true to myself. Like I was for me living in like a state of blackout where that's just, it's like terrifying of like, you're like, what the fuck did I do? What the hell, what the hell happened? And then you realize, yo, I got a problem. Like this needs to be addressed. And, and you feel it building for years and years to finally reach that, you know, rock bottom place of like, okay, I can't beat myself up for everything I've done in my past. Cause I know that's not me. That's not who I am. I had an issue. I had a problem. Now it's, it's all about what I do. That's going to define me. So it was saying, I need fucking help and I need to address this. And 
it was crazy to just reach that point and then to see how many people embraced you, had the same thing and being like, okay, now I just need to take life one day at a time, which is truly remarkable once you do that because I've always lived so, I need to do this, I need to accomplish this, I need to get to this place in my career to just say, I'm just worried about today. I need to worry about today, get everything done I need, man, you start getting so much more shit done than you've ever done in your life. And it just changes your whole outlook completely. Yeah. Distraction is of the devil. 100%. Yeah. Lisa, what's your advice to our influencers about working in the entertainment industry or becoming an influencer? Any, I mean, I think that, I guess my best advice would be that talent alone is not enough. Ooh. And I've met a lot of people who think it is. And... It doesn't mean that your talent, I mean, I think if you don't have talent, true, authentic talent, there you will kind of reach a place and not go beyond that. But what goes along with talent is everything we've been talking about is the hard work and uh, not giving up when you're at the very, very, very low point. And um, I think when you're at the very, very low point, instead of uh, wallowing in it, acknowledging, okay, I may have to, I mean, over the course of my career, even after I was a producer, I decided to go make a documentary film. So to make money, I literally did filing for my sister at her law office. And this was after I'd been a very successful producer, but I did it because I wanted to kind of redefine the direction I was taking. So I knew, oh, I'm going to really suck it up. I'm going to have to suck up my pride. I'm going to have to not act like I'm such the big shot, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I also find what was interesting then, I was always the very generous person. Let's go to dinner. I'll pick up the tab, blah, blah, blah. Just because that's who I was. Mm -hmm. If I have it, I'll share it. It was very interesting during that period of time to learn how many people were no longer around. Hmm. So that was also interesting. But I looked at it as this is temporary. This is a temporary thing. It's a setback, not even a setback. I consciously made the decision of like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's when I moved out of advertising. I didn't want to do advertising. If I was in pop culture, I didn't care about pop culture. I didn't care. And I worked my butt off. I was very, very good at what I did. I traveled all over the world, but I didn't want to do it anymore. So I had to step back and I was willing to do the really shit job Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be able to step back Mm -hmm. and redefine myself. So I would say for anybody in entertainment to really stay focused and realize during those lean times, if you got to go get the job, if you got to go get a quote real job, do it because you can, it's just, you never know what that's going to, who you'll meet, whatever, you got bills to pay, go do it. It doesn't mean you're giving up. It means you're doing what you got to do in order to stay in the game. You're actually staying in the game by doing that. And I've seen so many people become so discouraged and feel like they're giving up on their dream when they have to go, you know, take a real job or whatever. And I just think, you know, don't give up. It's just don't give up. That needs to be the fuel for your fire, if anything. I mean, I used to tell people when I was working six, seven days a week at the bar, however many working on, that's my free time. That was my mindset of that's my free time because I'm not out here to be a bartender. So whenever I'm not doing that to pay rent, if I'm not at work, I'm working. 
And I think that's where it comes to being hungry and being hardworking. Well, and as a bartender, to. as an actor who's a bartender, it's a great place to study characters, to mm-hmm. see, you know, it's always be observing, always be questioning, always be, don't, I think the worst thing we can do is go inside. Mm-hmm. So in the entertainment business, as you were saying, Joey, it's very easy to go inside, to mm-hmm. get depressed, to compare yourself to others. It's very, very easy to do that. So really the success is all about the mental game mm-hmm. and about really staying kind of grounded in what are your value systems, stay in your values, don't give up on those things, and and not giving up. Um, I think I've shared this with you before, Josh. One of the best quotes I ever heard was uh, Sumner Redstone, who was, I think, the Viacom, you know, he, he was once asked, what's the difference between the uber successful people and those who are not? And he said, what they do in their moments of failure. Mm, I love and the that. people who wallow in the moments of failure, beating themselves up or just stay down for so long period of time, they're losing momentum. You lose momentum, you lose your energy. So it's like step back, evaluate, what did I do? What could I do different? And then move on. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the best advice that I would give. Fear Solid. Of, fear of, of failure, man. Fear of failure is a real thing. That's everything I operate from. Since I've been a kid is like I have to work my ass off because if I don't, I know what will happen and I'm not going to allow that to happen. So I think you got to have fuel to your fire with that. But you got to have a plan too. I mean, it it seems like a lot of people think it's just going to be, I'm so talented. So my talent's going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Or if I have the power of manifestation or if I have- I'm so good looking is the thing I run across in LA all the time because everyone was the handsome hot one in their high school. And it's like, welcome to LA. You're a diamond. I know you don't realize I was a beauty queen too. I was like, like, oh, wow. Okay. There's a thousand beauty queens here. But that's when you meet someone who's good looking, talented. Hard working so the whole package and they stand out because you're like, yo, this is yeah. this is a real one. And you see that they're gonna have something in front of them, some success. And sometimes you don't get the break. I yeah. mean, sometimes it just doesn't happen. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know. We call that pivoting, you know? Yeah. You know, I've had so many friends come out here and they thought they were gonna do one thing and they ended up doing another. My one buddy's like, I'm gonna be an actor. He ended up winning an Emmy for being a casting director. Wow. He still won the Emmy. God bless it him. Still was in acting, but he was the boss. Yeah. God bless him. <laughs> you know, so you just you just live, you learn, and be open to change or uh, evolution, I guess. We all just kind of evolve at the end of the day. And well, don't let your life dwindle away. I've known so many artists here that they were so bitter. They can become so bitter because it didn't pan out. They didn't become the famous person or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, you've wasted your whole life. It's it's only, just don't take it so seriously. It's just a job. Well, do you think maybe they already had that weird attitude and that's why they weren't booking to begin no, with? No, I think oh, the okay. town beat them up. Oh, okay. I well, think this town can do that. Yeah, I think there's a mixture. I mean, like, it's sort I mean, of like the film school thing. Like, everyone goes to film school to be a director. Mm. Like, everyone goes to film school to be a director, but some people are just fucking better costume designers or, you know, wardrobe, whatever whatever it is. And you find, you find your place. And, I mean, I always tell people when they talk about how hard the industry is yeah but if you really break it down i don't think it's as difficult as it's made out to be because i don't believe that the majority of people who are here for the reason that they say they're here are here for the right reasons Mm -hmm. i don't believe that i believe it has to do with wanting to be important wanting fame money adulation go down the list of all these things and then if you break down the people who actually work at their craft and actually do the thing that they're here it's for. It's not that glamorous. Yeah, it's a very smaller <laughs> not, percentage. Yeah. So that's my thing is like if you're – I had a teacher tell me one time 
And it was so true. And it scared the shit out of me when I first moved here. She was like pointing to a kid showed up late to acting class. And it was a, a famous acting class here. And she goes, what none of you sons of bitches realize is all of you are going to get your fucking shot. Every single one of you, if you're here for the right reasons and you're doing the right things, you're all going to get your fucking shot. And the kid showed up hungover and you could tell he was still drunk. And she was like, if you're ready for it and if you can take that shot when it comes, that's up to you. And that shot will never come again. And that fucking haunted me mm. for years. Of, I don't care if I was going on an audition for a student film or for a play or for anything was you don't know what your shot is going to be. You do not know what it's going to lead to and you need to be ready. So that's why I always have been a stickler for being professional, being prepared and being ready, because I do believe if you're in it for the right reasons, you got the talent, you're working, your opportunity will come. Are you going to be ready for it? He's asking you, listener, right now. That's right. How are you going to respond? Are you ready for it? Get your <laughs> shit together. Joey, if our listeners want to follow you on social media, how do they do so? Type in my name, uh, Joey Sasso. <laughs> I don't, I'm trying to think if there's an underscore in there. Wait. <laughs> Yeah, on Insta, it's just that Joey Sasso. On the TikTok, there's an underscore. And on the Snapchat, there's an underscore. And everything else is just Joey Sasso, S-A-S-S-O. And uh, feel free to shoot me a DM on Insta. And I promise when I have free time, I will message you back. It, it hap- I message everyone back. And Lisa, you have an Instagram for your company. Yes, at One Good Man Productions. Awesome. And if you... Uh, if you DM us, I'll have Joey write you back. That's right. It's me DMing <laughs> back from One Good Man, everyone. Remember that. <laughs> They're all like, we want collaborations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joey, I want to talk to you about the collaboration. Yeah, yeah. We have a collaboration. <laughs> Lisa, can you program Joey's channel for me? <laughs> so funny. Well, uh, Joey and Lisa, thank you so much for being on American Influencer Real Talk. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Joey Sasso and Lisa Freeberg. Now remember, you can keep up with the latest episode of our podcast by visiting AIAawards.com and by subscribing to our show on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to follow us on social media at AIA Real Talk Podcast. That's AIA Real Talk Podcast. American Influencer Real Talk is produced by Christopher Krellen, Bethany Krellen, Josh Skinner, and it's edited by our friends at Lasting Media. Original music composed by at Joshua Hendricks Music. And now, here's our CMO, Bethany Krellen. Thank you for listening to the American Influencer Real Talk. We hope you enjoyed. We are so passionate about all of you, our fans. We want you to be part of the AIA family. You can check out our beauty bundle, which supports our influencer community at AIAawards.com. Want to be a guest on the Real Talk? Send us a message on social. We can't wait to stay connected with you all and don't miss the next episode next week.